Hey everyone, welcome to the show, and we're going to dive deep into Terminator Dark Fate and maybe also discuss what is going on in Hollywood with all the reboots and remakes. Are they running out of ideas? Is this something new? I don't know. But to help me out, I've got the incomparable, the legend, the magnificent Adam on the line. I, I'm not sure which things to say. I try to put a few together. What, what, would, we, what would we call you? The... The irrepressible, no. the effervescent. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an excellent introduction. I'll, uh, I'll happily take it. Okay, okay. The legend, <laughs> le, the legendary with legendary stories. Yes, yeah, that's right. Definitely. Yeah, that's good as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take, I'll take it, whatever I can get. Okay. Uh, the, Eng <laughs> the English boy standing in the rain with his wet shoes. Is that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the the umbrella is broken. Yes, yes, and I've got the um, I've got the the cards with uh, saying you know, like an Andrew Lincoln in love actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking of about a boy though. I don't know why. That's probably oh about the boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of well, that's an excellent film. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So, but, uh, yeah, there's, so there's so many, isn't there? There's so many like uh, different uh, English tropes we can there. Uh, we can uh, uh, you know, bring up. But, oh yeah, the, <laughs> there's as many cliche English as there is cliche American and cliche Australian. But um, uh, yeah, that's all exactly. right. There's nothing cliche about you. So with Terminator, <laughs> Dark Fate not doing well at the box office. But I wanted to say, without knowing what you thought, I have no idea what you thought. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it first. I'll be brave. Sure. Considering that you know. Uh, the first Terminator came out 35 years ago. Uh, Ham Linda Hamilton is 63. Arnie is 72. I'm just putting it out there that the fact they're both in it and they decided to give it another go with uh, James Cameron as producer, although I say lightly producing, probably really a phone call to say, yeah, I, I don't give a shit. But with all that, you know, I, I went to see it. I gave it a chance. I put my money down, slapped it down, and... Just in general, I, I'm, I'm happy. I got what I expected. I had, I had no expectations. So with what I saw on the screen, I was happy with it. That's all I'm going to say at first. What, <laughs> what do you think? Are you completely opposite? No, I really liked it as well. Ah. Um, it, was <laughs> such a big, it was such a big surprise. I, you know, we've gone through so many of these Terminator films now. And... You know, just so much disappointment. Every one you come out with, you know, oh, that was terrible. But this one's really, really good. And had a really good story. And had really good acting. And had really good Terminators in it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so the, just to, for anyone listening, um, I'll definitely talk about, like, I'll, I'll talk about the characters. I won't say spoilers specifically about the plot of the story. But I'll definitely open up about the specific characters and maybe some of the things they said that uh, I thought were funny and that I liked. I think that's okay um, to do a non-spoiler kind of review to talk, yeah, talk about the characters. And uh, yeah. uh, again, you, you never like to talk about the money because that's not really what you should judge a movie on. 
But unfortunately, we have to talk about that. And I know, like with Chris, Chris Pattis, you know, he always says he'd rather see the stats for bums and seats rather than numbers. For this particular one, I think the bums and seats also equate to the, the numbers, which is a bit, it's a bit sad, really, because they spent a lot of money on this one. I think this one came in at like 185 million and um, all up, including overseas. Uh, so like domestic in the States and, and overseas, which they thought would save it. They're probably still only looking at about 200 million. And you think, oh, well, wow. they, they've made their money back. No, they'd have to make upwards of 450 to 500 million to say they've made money. And that's, that's a tough one, you know? Um, do you think they, I think in some ways they shouldn't have spent that much, but do you think, do you think they, that studios think they have to spend money to get money? Because they don't. You, you know, movies sometimes come out of the gate not spending a lot, and then they make heaps of money. You know, maybe because they kept it smaller. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this situation, if there's a franchise, they probably think, yeah, you need to spend a lot more money to get more money coming in. Um, probably, I mean, yeah, you're saying that, right, it's $185 million just for the budget. Yeah. I mean, we don't know how much it is for in terms of the marketing budget. The marketing budget could have been like 25 like $30 million. Yeah, You don't true. know. It could True. be more. So yeah, you're saying about four hundred. It's probably about accurate to get like a decent amount of yeah money back on it. But um, well, to it's quite um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Today, like in today's um, uh, you know, like film market, um, it's hard, isn't it? It's so hard for anyone to you well, know, to for any of these big companies, for any of these big films to make any of their money back. Yeah, and I'll, I'll put it in perspective for you if we are just talking about money. And the first Terminator, 1984, again, you can adjust for whatever, 1984 dollars, but that was $6.4 million to make that. That's a lot of money. But the point is, is by, by any means, even back then, that's a small movie. And let's be honest, the first Terminator, it was, it was bordering on being like a B movie. You know what I mean? Like a B sci-fi. Yeah late night at the drive-in movie it was really on the cusp of that it wasn't some mainstream you know sophie's choice or you know tootsie it was it was real underground ish almost and it was a small movie by nature and then just grew you know uh legendary status and um by terminator 2 now that's 91 um that was uh 100 million but you know terminator 2 was still it was a small movie wrapped in a big movie if that makes sense it was still you know what i mean it wasn't grandiose with huge ridiculous cgi the cgi was just you know the morphing bits you know that the terminator was doing the liquid metal and that was you know innovative at the time but the rest was very practical effects a good story very james cameron grounded in reality it was a small movie in a big movie so yeah so it made yeah T2 is awesome. That goes without saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you think they just spent too much and over overshot? Or, I don't know. Um, I think it's more to do... Well, I think, firstly, is that the... You know, maybe the marketing for this wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of people... You know, maybe they weren't aware that the film would come out. But it might, so that might be one thing. 
But I think secondly, it is probably down to the track record of previous Terminator films and people going, oh, the last one was bad. The one before that was even worse. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to spend any more, any more of my money on this franchise. Unless it's the best film in the world, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch it. And that's it, isn't it? And that's why I feel I feel bad for it almost. I feel like the diehard fans should have given it a chance. But how do you how can you judge that? Because the the last couple ones were stinkers. So they're like, no, I've been burnt too much, I'm not I'm done with the reboot and I can't I can't do it. I think that's what happened. Yeah. They went mm-hmm. by, you know, previously, you know, once bitten, twice shy. But I'm trying to defend it, saying I think they should give it a chance. I almost feel bad. I really do. I think it deserves a chance. It really does. Yeah, I'd say like out of like all of them, if we could be going you know, to put all the films in order in terms of like best to worst. I'd definitely put this one like third. Yeah. So I'd be like T two is number one, and then Terminator, and this one would be third. Um. I yeah, I thought it was really good. And um, you know what was also what I really liked about this film was that the actual Terminator itself was um, it was almost like it was unkillable, just exactly like how the other ones were, like with Terminator Two and the first Terminator, where you as the audience couldn't figure out how they could, you know, stop this Terminator. You know, exactly the same feeling in this one as well. It was really good how it was just sort of like an unstoppable machine. Whereas the other ones, I think, before haven't really had that much uh, impact. It's kind of, you know, it's, yeah. So I've really, yeah, as I said, I think this has been very good. People really should go out there and and watch it. Put your um, differences aside to what the other films were like. They should. Go and see this one. It's really, really good. Absolutely. And, And look, they've sort of, you know, erased... Uh, the last, the last two, or, or you know, at least uh, uh, Genesis. Uh, mm. But the point is, is if you if you just pretend that Terminator Two, you know, just happened in your mind, and then this one is the follow up, then I think it works. And uh, like I say, Linda Hamilton and Arnie came back on board, and not just for, and this isn't a spoiler, but not just for cameos. Both of them are part of the movie, you know, and I think people should know yeah. that. Uh, it wasn't just a, you know, you know, explosions and scuba diving and I'm out, I'll be back. He's, he's part of the plot and not just comic relief. Although having said that the comic relief parts, yes, I did get a chuckle from them because I mean, he's, he's 72 and that man still gets around. He's always traveling the world for his Arnold classic. The man, you know, he's a machine, he's a marketing master. And of course he's charismatic and he knows he's now a caricature of himself and he's embraced it. Yeah. You know, he's embraced yeah. it, and that's what's yeah. awesome about it. Didn't you think? It was not... Yeah. yeah it was funny, but yeah. not cheesy. It was respectful. Yeah. yeah. He, there's a, uh, not to reveal too much, but there's this scene in the film when um, when we find Arnie as, uh, as the Terminator, and he's um, a drapery uh, salesman. So he does, yeah, and he's, and he's having this conversation about... This client, he wanted to have um, <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. Like, so, solid yeah. colors, and he wanted to do you know you yeah. need to have patterns. It was really funny. Yeah. I won't go too much into it, but it was really funny. No, I just know. Hearing him talking about it, that was great. Yeah. And I, I, again, it would be good. We'll do like a spoilers version one time, so we can talk about the specifics. But yeah. yes, look, they they find him, and uh, you know, I think people can surmise from the trailers that they find Arnie. He's living amongst the humans. That's not 
you know that's obvious even from the trailer so yes yeah. it's funny that yeah. he he's had to insert himself uh into human life and um look that's actually you know that's that's actually a fascinating plot line i'm 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 with that here's an an artificially intelligent you know um you know machine with a you know a computer artificial brain and what does it do when it's not having to do its one mission which is terminating now it has to try and assimilate and live the rest of its life that's actually a fascinating and funny plot how does a terminator go grocery shopping and hang out that's hilarious yeah. so i didn't mind that yeah. and um because yeah. they never mentioned as well right once they complete their mission what happens to them <clears throat> yeah well. they just instantly they just shut down i guess not i guess it just keep carrying on um yeah yeah so yeah it was yeah and and you and touched... also Linda, Linda Hamilton in this is really she's so good. Yeah. And I went back to look at IMDb and went, well, you know, what? I don't feel like I've seen her in anything. Like this is the first time I've seen her in anything. I know. And she's kind of done like bits and bobs, but she's never done anything with, like like with this much work in terms of acting and a real character for her to get into. Yeah, no, they a really long time. They've obviously really enticed her because she's come out of out of hiding and uh so you know in in the first terminator she was she was young and frail and weak but she was starting to finally find herself and and be the brave woman that she was gonna be and in terminator 2 you know she was tough she was badass do you think in this one she was still she was she playing badass or was she as badass as she was in t2 i mean you can be honest yeah i really think as bad as she was in t2 yeah. She still had that sort of toughness to her. Yeah. And, they, you know, you didn't want to get on her wrong side. And that, that was absolutely, like, you know, just keeping so well with that character. And, again, like, you know, just the the arcs of these characters as well. It's very, um, yeah, it's so good. Like, she was sort of like um, a damsel in distress in the first Terminator film. And then she completely flips in the second one. And then we see, like, the repercussions of her from the second one to the third one um yeah it was yeah shit. i mean i can't believe that this is like she hasn't done more like it's a real shame really that she hasn't done more more work I but know. we haven't at least seen her in bigger films like this i know so, it, um, it's sort of shocking too when someone doesn't like you you watch an actor through their life you watch jack nicholson age or you watch george clooney get his salt and pepper hair you watch them on the screen but now she's popped up out of nowhere and again i'm being totally respectful you know she is she's 63 and and she looks amazing and still tough but but yeah her, her face i would say is is quite a road map of life <laughs> it's yeah. It's got a lot yeah. of character, yeah. I'll say. You know what I mean? A lot of character. A lot of yeah. character, which, you know what? You know what? That fits for the part. That's Sarah Connor. Of course she's going to be haggard. She's not going to be looking that fit at 63. You know? No. She fits the yeah. character. So she really yeah, is Sarah, exactly. she's Sarah Connor for real in this one, if anything. Well, yeah, that's, that's it. You know, right? And it's... Some actors are very lucky, even if they get remembered for one role. But, you know, like, she will be remembered for this one specific role. And, you know, what a role to be remembered for, really. And if she doesn't do it, if she ends up just saying, the you know what, I'm done with it, I'm retiring forever yeah. after this film. You know, what a great role to have been remembered for. 
and Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. And <laughs> now you, you were talking about the, the Terminator in this one. And I'll be honest, this one, this the Terminator, the bad one in this movie, was absolutely terrifying. And I said that mm-hmm. out loud. Um, I said, he, this was actually terrifying. <laughs> Just yeah. all the scenes and and the look and the intensity this was a terrifying machine so in, in that they did a good job <laughs> it was i was genuinely yeah. scared yeah and there's some excellent like twists and turns but it's also not to you know, this isn't a spoiler this is actually in the very first shot in the in the opening of the film um but we're on the first shot they're on the beach and the the Terminator comes out of the water and it's so creepy the way it just comes out of the water. Um, and then like later on when we find out that, you know, this, the new Terminator is morphed into this kind of, you know, I don't know. It's like, a, it, it just, it's like the, if you think of like what the Terminator two one was like, and um, just times that by like a thousand, because this thing is just, and they even say in the film, you, know, you can't stop it. So they've actually created a tunnel that can't be stopped. It's just really clever, really clever, like design of the Terminator and um, just the way that they executed that character very well. And and now then this is this is I suppose this will be a character spoiler, but I have to talk about this. So the the Terminator itself. Now we're we're making fun and actually laughing, but in a genuinely in a good way because again, as part of the being a Terminator you have to infiltrate and and pass as human. So, you know, the older Terminators weren't as good. Arnie was just more the basics. Uh, You know, remember in the first one when the guy's knocking on the door? You know, what, do you got a dead cat in there? And he's scanning for basic phrases, you know, and all he can come with is, fuck you, asshole. And that's hilarious in itself. (laughs) But by Terminator 2, um, uh, Robert Patrick, he was really charismatic, and that that made it scarier because he was the... He seemed more human, so you know, like that's a he's a good looking he's a good looking boy. Can I keep this picture when he was the cop, uh, and saying things like, "Say that's a nice bike." He was just very personable because obviously, you know, the the machines were becoming more intelligent and they knew how to to pass for humans. In this one, this was the best yet. Tell me he was not the best. He was just everywhere he went. He was fitting in with the guys. How you boys doing? You come see the show? We want to have some beers? I mean, right? He was just yeah. absolutely passing for human in the best way possible. Yeah. And you know what, though? You actually did, like, touch upon something right there. Again, like, how these Terminators have evolved. Where you're just, like, in the first one, you, it was very clear that, you know, the Arnie one was was a robot. And the way he just talked to the moves and everything was like a robot. And then the second one, you know, he was almost like, uh, Robert Patrick was almost like an alien who was trying to come off as a human. Whereas yeah, in this yeah. one, this one, like, you would never have guessed that it. it was a robot. It was yeah. 100% a human being the whole time. Yeah, no. And it was only until, like, you know, it was attacked or it had to be, um, you know, it was after you know, the protagonists in the film um, that it became the Terminator but other than that though like when it's talking to the guys or if it's like you know walking like when it's like walking around the parameters or anything like that it's 
you would say like, as a human being. So that's really clever as well how they managed to evolve that um, that that character as well. And did you overall did you like? You know, it's it's hard again with a a reboot or a remake or a prequel to try to fit in with with canon because fans, you know, I mean, I'm a Star Wars fan, and that's one of the that's one of the worst ones yet at this point is everyone says it doesn't fit with the original, you know, um, the original series or the original trilogy. So with this one, obviously, in Terminator Two, um, they stopped the whole Skynet future. But again, without revealing the specifics, there's a different plot here. Did you approve of that? Did you think, okay, I'll buy that, the different future plot? Yeah, I thought. Well, that was a really interesting um, take on the story. Um, what happens in this in this film? There is a lot of um, twists and turns right at the very beginning of the film. Which, um, which is intense uh, and gravity. Which is a very intense, yeah. yeah, that's right. And you just don't expect it. I mean, it's very good, very clever how they how they did that. Um, but no, I thought like, um, you know, this, again, those three films, the Terminator T2 and then this one, this, uh, this film, the Dark Fate one, they are a perfect um, three films that go together quite nicely. I don't know about Rise of the Machines, Genesis, and Salvation. I don't really don't know how those three films sort of fit into the franchise. I don't even, don't even know if they do. It just <laughs> seems to be like three standalone films. Whereas both these three, like Terminator One, T Two, and then Dark Fate, they've got a nice um, arc to them, and they've got a nice um, no, the one follows one after the other very well. Um, so, whereas the other three, I don't wouldn't say is necessarily the case i don't even know if those other three sort of work in the same the same world really but, um, no, well, especially genesis yeah. like genesis i don't know <laughs> i don't even know why they even made that film i don't know i think it that, was just absolutely terrible that was a money grab whereas salvation i feel like they were really trying to make something gritty again but it wasn't needed because I, it's more fun to see glimpses of the future that you, you know about when, when the person's traveled back in time and having memories or nightmares or discussing it. That's the Terminator movie. We didn't really need to go, go into the future. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's best left unsaid as a legend rather than let's go there and see what happened. Here's John Connor as Christian Bale. We didn't need that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know, we don't need the prequel to, to the story. Um, I mean, good examples is like Godfather Part Two, where you've got the the past and the present working together. So that works very well, having like half a prequel and half a sequel in one film. Um, but in this one, though, I didn't really feel like um, well, this, well, in these other like Terminator films, especially Salvation and Genesis, I just don't know why why they even made that. It's so much more better, as you just said, to have it as um as kind of like uh, part of the character's backstory yeah. that we don't really need to see because st- you can see it and it comes through the story You know, when you need to know about it. You don't need to yeah. see it's, it all the time. It's like doing another, you know, seeing how Batman's parents were killed. I've seen about 10 different versions and they're all awesome, but I'm tired. I get it. <laughs> the entire planet knows more how Batman's parents died than anything about World War One. I. I mean, it's really... <laughs> It's well known. You know what I mean? You could teach, you could ask a kid and he would 
have nothing, have no idea about the Red Baron or any of that. But you'll say, how did Batman's parents die? Well, they were shot outside the theater, obviously. So, yeah, some things are best left as the legend. <laughs> Newborn babies have just been born. And then, like, the first words they'll say is, like, yeah, yeah like, Martha. The Wayne, the Wayne, Martha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Martha. Oh, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. Just, yeah, just salvation. Look, you know, they that was two thousand nine. Yeah, I wrote down mm. they they spent two hundred million on that one, but I think that one actually made its money. So I feel like this was just, it's just bad timing. I I, I mean, Linda Hamilton and Arnie aren't getting any younger, but I I feel like they should have waited even a couple years. And they would have done. Mm. This is just a bad time. It's the worst. Mm. I feel bad for it. You know, this is the first time yeah. I felt bad for a reboot that's not getting its fair shake. And and I'm I'm usually down on reboots or remakes that in general. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's getting a bad bad rap. I think yeah, it was, it's been it's rather unfortunate, really. And also, you know, as we as everyone knows, I mean, it's so expensive going to the cinema. It really is, and. And it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time and effort to go out and see something. Whereas most people now will probably go, oh, you know, I'll wait for it to come up on Netflix or I'll wait for it to come up on Amazon Prime or, yeah. you know, I'll wait for it to come up on any other streaming service and I'll watch it there. Um, and that's also probably one of the other things, I guess, that maybe people haven't gone to see it, but... Yeah, it's a real shame, really, because it, it is very, um, it, it's definitely worth seeing, especially on the big screen. Um, I don't know if it'll work, well, I think it will work on the small screen, but I think you need to see it on the bigger screen as well. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, we could sit here, this isn't like a picking it apart session. If we were going to pick it apart, yeah, we could go into some, some things that that didn't work or some plot holes. Or like my thing is, and this is just being picky, I feel like with action movies, it, it used to be more, and I guess, yeah, it's like stunts and practical effects are probably more expensive. I get it. But sometimes I call bullshit on that because you still see movies where it can be done simple. So I feel like sometimes with action scenes, it's better to to pull back, if that makes sense, and see the wider picture. And a lot of times, and I'll be honest, this is a cost-saving thing. A lot of the action scenes are very close up. Because it's easier to do it that way, especially with CGI. The the further, if you're like in a medium shot with a lot of action, you've really got to work out the logistics of that and who goes here and how this looks. You know what I mean? A lot of the action is, yeah. it's just too close. And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. There's just a, a blur of eyes and a face and a skull and a, la- and a laser. You know what I mean? The older movies, even with Terminator 2, the action was more like you were sitting on on the sidelines and you're watching it go by going holy shit and then every once in a while you would get an indication of a close up does that make sense I feel like a lot of movies are getting too close and the action is just blurry I don't know what's going on <laughs> you're, so you're saying you prefer it when you're more like a passive viewer and it was all going by you whereas now it's more of an interactive um, experience and you're actually in the, the action yeah, like I'm. That, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I'm especially, and this one didn't do it, but I'm down on things like, I think it was uh, uh, Wolverine Origins, Origins, Wolverine. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this shot where a helicopter crashed, and then the camera went through the cockpit and through like a, you know, through the pedals and a speedometer and through the glass and out inside the helicopter. That I'm mm-hmm. sorry, that takes me out of the movie because I'm not a, mm-hmm. 
I'm not a virtual drone. I'm not in a tiny virtual drone. It's not possible. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I yeah. see I see yeah. a helicopter crash, even if it's like a medium shot and then the explosion and then I hear it and see it, it's a freak out. But the minute you, you, you make it unreality, anyway, yeah, that's me being really picky. I don't like it when they <laughs> they make it an unreality and it's not right. Even yeah. to, here's, and I'm going to go, go in the something like the matrix and i was watching that recently and i'm going to be honest that movie holds up very well all right we're talking 1999 and you know what that movie still looks awesome the scenes are impressive and you you just are blown away by it but even then with their the way they did the effects they fit the movie you know because they were you're in a virtual world i get that but they still didn't go nuts to where it made you feel like you weren't part of it you weren't watching it um mm-hmm. You know they were done. They were done right, sporadically, and in the right moments. I don't know, but that's the only thing I would pick yeah. from, from any sort of action movies now with too much CGI. Otherwise, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, well, that's a good thing as well about um, like with Christopher Nolan. He doesn't use CGI; it's all practical effects. Yes, there you go. So, Dark yeah, Knight. In Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Well, even in um, what's the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. with the opening scene in the hel- in the in the aeroplane. Oh yeah, that's full. Yeah, and then they and then they're sort of flying through the aeroplane and they turn on like, yeah, yeah. That whole scene was like all practical effects. It was very clever how they how they did it. And I mean, you know, if it comes to, again, we're not movie producers, but again, if it comes down to money and time and having to align as stunt people and actors I still feel like if you sit down and you you really want a certain vision you can make it work and it doesn't always have to be CGI so you've got I don't know you've got a room of animators there's a hundred young kids scrolling away on their on their Mac rendering heaps of shit and that's gonna cost this much or there's also a way to do it with some wires and it might be some logistics nightmare but it may cost around the same I think that's how some movies mm-hmm. can still get that done. They make the decision to to do it, if it is possible, to do it that way. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Cruise is still out there breaking his ankle, jumping across buildings. I know he's a he's you know an exception to the rule because he's Tom Cruise, but he's mm-hmm. he's pretty hardcore when it comes to his stunt guys and coordinators. He'll say no, we need to do it like this, and then if he doesn't like it, he'll fire he'll fire him and get another stunt coordinator. Mm-hmm. But you know. Right. Mission Impossible, those movies still look fantastic. All those practical effects are just nuts. And, you know, I like those. So, that's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's, I mean, he is amazing. He, you know, to, to do all of that. And all the, um, whenever you hear about, like, people talking about him, like, when they're working with him, nobody has a bad thing to say about him when they're, you know, when they're working with him on a film set. They all say the same thing, like, you know, he knows every, every single person's name and that, you know, you, you get a filmmaker with him. You don't get an actor. He's someone who really understands how to make a film. Um, Absolutely. You know, and you're yeah. right. You never, I've never heard a bad interview about someone who worked with him. You know, mm-hmm. all the Scientology shit aside, you know, if that gets him by, I really don't give a shit. I go to watch his movies. I don't have to, I don't have to live with him, but yeah. he's... He's always, yeah, someone who's very gracious and, and you know, he, he wants to get their input and, yeah, 100%, never heard a, a bad interview. Uh, personal life, well, that's that's his own business. <laughs> Movie-wise, yeah. 
he's a he's a great guy and it shows on, yeah, right. on the screen yeah absolutely yeah exactly and i mean you just, could say well, that I'm just totally dedicated to making that film yeah and you could say that about arnie and i was thinking did you ever see pumping iron no uh, i haven't that's that's 1977 and that that's when he was huge huge to the point i mean physically that was to the point mm-hmm. where when he's um when he started doing conan the barbarian they told him he had to trim down a bit because he couldn't he couldn't wield a sword he couldn't put his arms together because his chest was massive but pumping iron if you want to just get an idea of how you could tell arnie was going to be on the path he was on you know he was never going to be anything else but someone uh you know a celebrity of some sort because he's just very mm-hmm. he's very determined that's obvious and uh yeah and that movie shows him um yeah in his prime and uh, you know it's good it's definitely worth the watch and hard to believe it's it's uh, that long ago and it's got Lou Ferrigno in it which is always they've had an interesting battle those two because Lou Ferrigno he always felt very hard done by and that's the problem with Lou Ferrigno he's still awesome he's he's funny he pops in pops up in movies but he never did get to be Arnie because he just he had like this huge chip on his shoulder he couldn't get rid of and Arnie just sort of probably exploited that <laughs> you know yeah but yeah it's yeah. an interesting movie it's quite good yeah they had amazing rivalry didn't they when they were both bodybuilders yeah but because yeah. I think Lou Freno was what came, it was always those two it was either them he came Arnie came first and Lou came second or vice versa and yeah. I, unfortunately I haven't seen the, the Pumpy Iron film but I'll I'll try and find it somewhere if it's on them um, might be on Netflix I'll see yeah it's good it's just try a, and find it it's an inch for people that just don't know about where did this guy start I mean and even before that you know he barely spoke English he was doing you know these movies where his voice had to be dubbed um, mm. and uh, you know he's, he's come a long way and who would have thought with that thick accent probably people were like no there's no way dude <laughs> you, yeah exactly, you're not gonna yeah. make it well you know, he did. With an unpronounceable surname as well. Exactly. I know. But yeah, look, I mean, yeah, he's 72, Lyndall Hamilton 63, and um, I think, you know, it was worth it just to see them, even if someone picks at the storyline or some of the cheesy things they say. You know, there's a scene with both of them. Look, all right, here's a little spoiler. Both of them on the back of that plane shooting those big giant guns t- together side by side. That was cool. That was worth it. And yeah. that's, a, that's a beautiful thing to see after 35 years. I like that. I'm yeah. I'm cheesy like that. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was. It's worth paying the ticket just to see that, really. Um, yeah. yeah. And they have a really good chemistry. They seem to like work very well together. So They do. They do. Yeah. So, but, I mean... Yeah, no, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, so the, this one... You know, I would consider it if people came out to give it a chance and they weren't, they didn't have such a bad taste in their mouth about the other ones, I think it would be doing better. So, and and just in Hollywood in general, trying to reboot and remake, like with, with Aliens and so many, which which hit, hit and miss, I was looking at a lot of just the, the remakes and I don't know, all through the 90s and especially now, in the past 15 years, it seems to be out of control with remakes yeah i feel like mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a hit and miss like like 21 jump street i thought that was really funny and done well but then there's like 
uh, Child's Play. I haven't seen that yet. I heard it was actually not too bad. There's Lion King, Aladdin. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's so many. Total Recall, that was a miss. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, they did Point Break, The Thing, uh, Italian Job, Fright Night, Pet Cemetery. I mean, and that's just me thinking of some. There are so many remakes and reboots. It's unbelievable. Do you think they're, they're Do you think they're running out of ideas, or they're just trying to grab these actors or ideas before they, before they're worthless? I, I just don't know what's going on in Hollywood. <laughs> I think it's more serious than that. I think it's more the fact that they're all trying to. Um, they're all putting all of their eggs in one basket, and then. But not only that, they're putting their eggs all in one basket that they know everyone's going to go and buy that basket. So, you know, they're putting a lot of money into a superhero film because they know someone's going to, they're going to go, and, people are going to go out there and watch a superhero film. They're not so interested now in original um, blockbusters. But when was the last time you actually watched like an original blockbuster film? The, the last, well, the one that sprang to mind for me was... Um, Inception, oh, yeah. but then like yeah. also Interstellar as well. Um, but it's pretty much that. Like, I can't really remember like a really like an original like, oh John Wick, but I think John Wick was already based on something, wasn't it? Well, John, was, John, you know the John Wick works because they know exactly what the plot is. They know exactly who that character is, and they don't stray far from it at all. All three movies, you know exactly what you're going to get with a couple yeah. of twists here and there. They're not trying to be more than it is. That's why those work. Don't try to be more than you are. It is that. Mm -hmm. he's, he's John Wick. He's going to get mad and kick people's asses times three. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, they've got a formula that works for those films, but uh, I don't, you know, if we watch blockbuster films like this, this year, this blockbuster season, um... How many like original films were there? I don't think there were that many. Not, not. I think that... there were mostly remakes and uh, reboots. I know, I know, and I will say one that I thought was good was Planet of the Apes. You see, now that's how it can be done right to sort of step back, and I, I don't know, I don't know why that one worked, <laughs> but it did. You uh, liked those, I, didn't you? Oh, I absolutely loved yeah. them. I know exactly why because the story was really strong. The story yeah. was really strong, yeah. and it had excellent acting, and it had Andy Serkis being Caesar. Yeah. So it had, and it invested in the right um, tech to make the, you know, the the apes look correct. True. Um, but it had, you know, and otherwise those stories were big, definitely very big, but they were they were also quite small as well, especially like the the third one, which was uh, was it War. Yeah, I think yeah. it was War. That yeah. third one, probably like for half of that film, there's no talking. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's a, it's a, it's a silent film. Mm. But yeah, it's so engaging, and then it really is just um, Caesar and the apes with the with the kid going through like the wilderness, and then you know getting to you know where the other apes are. But it, like, it look, you know, it's a very although it's big, it's actually very small. Those those films. Very, and very but, but, visual. Yeah. Yeah. Very visual. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, classic filmmaking, classic cinema, really. That's it. They, um, 
you know, it was all about seeing it. It wasn't so much about hearing it. Um, mm, there were the sign language parts too, and it was fascinating. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. right. I would call that one, uh, uh, yeah, cinema for sure. Not to be, not to do the yeah. Martin Scorsese thing again. Yeah. But that one was a true film, cinema for sure. And it just happened to be about apes, but who cares? If the story and the look is beautiful, it's it's art. Yeah, I like those. Yeah. But you see, though, even that, though, that's already based on source material that people already know. True. Um, so, and that's also, like, in terms of doing prequels really well, that those three films of prequels done really, really well. Yeah, true. But again, like, like uh, Charlie's Angels, did that really need to be rebooted? I, I feel like it was just rebooted. What happened? I feel like I already just saw those not that long ago, and now there's a new a new team out. Is that necessary? Yeah. Uh, again, like I don't think the reviews for that have been very good. And that's also another thing as well that um, I've noticed as well. When I go and like to watch a film, like me or my, you know, go with somebody else, we'll look at the reviews first. So we'll look at Rotten Tomatoes. We'll look at IMDb. We'll look at um, like the meta score. You know, and if it doesn't do well on those things, then we won't go and see it. So maybe so that's also another factor as well as to maybe maybe Terminator hasn't been seen as much. Maybe people are also going by those like review sites and going, hmm, it's not so good. Um, yeah, well, that's the problem is is there's so much social media and there's so many metrics. It used to just be word of mouth, but now. I feel like I have to just shut down. This is what I did with Dark Fate. I just had to sort of shy away or I wouldn't have gone to see it. And that would have been sad because I wanted to give it a chance. But, um, you know, talking about remakes, are you okay with the fact that um, there's going to be a new uh, Matrix movie and Bill and Ted's? And do you mind Keanu Reeves sort of just riding that wave? Or do you think maybe he should not? Because... Those are happening. Bill and Ted's is happening. Are you prepared yeah. for that? I don't know about... I don't know if I'm prepared for either of them, really. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. Very, very... Especially the Bill and Ted one, because... I know. Uh, I just don't know where that's going to go. Um, well... The yeah. Matrix, I mean, there'll be more people to take out of the Matrix, you know. Yeah. But there's always... You know, there's a whole population that needs to be released from the Matrix. <laughs> and let's and let's not joke about you know like revolution and um un, uh, reloaded what was it called reloaded, reloaded. yeah they're, they're both terrible I know they're, they're I know. both awful I know they hurt such a such now the matrix now if you want to talk original that that sprang out of a void out of nothing yeah you know yeah. Out, out of a total vacuum and that's why it was yeah. amazing and that's when it should just be left alone leave it alone yeah. it's a one time thing. It's Raging Bull. Leave it alone. It doesn't need yes. helpers. It doesn't need hangers on. I hate that. Let it just right. be, you know? But yeah, they're they're coming. We can't stop them. Um, that's it. Yeah, but, the, uh, um, Bill and Ted's going to be very interesting. I'm, I can't wait to see it, actually. Well, apparently, um, and this might make it interesting, the word is that it will be that uh, Bill and Ted didn't do what they were supposed to do. They didn't do any of that. <laughs> and they're just losing... They're just, <laughs> They're just losers, and they've got to fix it. They've got to try and fix it. That, all right, that could be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, you don't, I, I, yeah, you don't seem so. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it, really. It's going to be very good. So, um, so out of yeah, all they, this... They, you know, 
they're definitely worth revisiting. I haven't seen them for a while, actually, but they're on they're on various streaming services. So yeah, they, can, uh, they're check worth it out a, again. They're worth a re- rewatch. They're definitely part of my teenage pop culture childhood psyche, and and part of the time travel lore, which is, you know, everything's about time travel. Bill and Ted's is one of them, along there with Back to the Future. Theirs is a bit more wonky, but still time travel. There's some rules. Yeah. Mostly they break their own rules, but that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as we were talking about original material, I suppose Joker isn't original because everyone knows who Joker is. That one's probably on its way to making like a billion. How do you explain that? Already, already is. Already is. There you go. So, already is, yeah. It's the first R-rated film to make a billion. Wow. How do you explain um, that? How do you explain that? Timing, writing, acting, all of it has to all be the perfect mix. And they I think it. it's just word of mouth as well. You know, it's like, oh mate, you've got to go and see this. You know, awesome film Joker, and also the name Joker as well. You know, it's such a it's such a well known character that it can you know it can carry itself on its own. Even though I didn't enjoy it at all, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I know other people did. But. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to let you know that it's making it was, money. It was, a, it was a billion too much for me. But it's anyway. making money despite your support. <laughs> just so you know that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, you just can't, you know, how do you predict those sort of things? It's like, um, what's it called, Jurassic World? The one that came out in 2015. Yeah. That's, that, that thing made a billion as well. Like, How? How did that make a billion? I don't but it know. But somehow did. You know, like, you, just, you just can't predict these things. No, I don't but know. But you know what, though? It's like, if you want to, you know, if you want to see real films and real filmmaking, you have to go to, um, like, like a local art house or, like, a local like, independent cinema near you and go and watch films like, uh, like The Farewell or, you know, like, stuff, films like that because um, that's where real films are. That's where like the real stuff is going to be. Um, and as I recommended to you before, uh, but Hustlers as well, which is also really good. And then like Booksmart as well. They're all at these you know, independent cinemas. So if you want to see original films, original filmmaking, I'd say True. do that as well. Yeah. And look, as I try to tell people, always try to make your own decision, as hard as that is these days. Try to pretend yeah. it was like when you were a kid and you just went to see every movie because they were at the movies. I don't remember stopping yeah. and going, should I see it? I pretty much remember whatever movie was out, we went to the movies and saw it. That's just what we did. I didn't look yeah. up anything. I didn't... If Oh, it's at the movies. Let's go. Oh, it was crap. Oh, whatever. Let's go see this one. <laughs> it's not like mm-hmm. that anymore. Like you yeah. say, it's because it is a bit expensive and they should look into that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's got Netflix and Disney Plus and Stan and we're at home streaming movies. We don't need to go out there. So if this is what happens when it's $20 yeah. a ticket. And then if you want a drink and some popcorn, it's it's 26 It's getting tough in this day and age <laughs> to entertain yeah. yourself. Yeah. These cinema chains, these, you know, big cinema chains, they've really got to start figuring this stuff out right now. Because otherwise what's going to happen is it's just going to split two. There's just going to be like a whole, you know, and it probably already is like this already, but it's going to be like, you know, you're going to pay like $25 for like um, Matrix 4, for example. But then, you know, you're going to spend like $10 for, and this is some of our tickets I'm talking about, but like $10 or $15 for like uh, 
an independent film. Well, I just and that's how and that's how Bill just to be completely split. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. And also, and you know, I enjoy that experience still. I enjoy seeing it with an audience. It's part of that social, normal human aspect to sit in a theater with people and and hear their laughs and boos and cries and it's you know it's different yeah. now it's just at home and uh something like um beverly hills cop wouldn't be great if that was a uh coming back well guess what it is and netflix is doing it isn't that surprising yeah. so you're yeah this is serious now netflix is either gonna i don't know destroy itself destroy the world disney plus will destroy <laughs> netflix there's like a there's a war going on it's serious <laughs> Yeah, and I don't and know who's going to win. Starting now, imagine what it's going to be like in ten years' time. I don't when, know. You know, every man and his dog will have a streaming service, and you know, one will be bigger than the other, one will be smaller than the other. You know, maybe Amazon will buy Netflix, and then maybe it will just be Amazon and Disney tussling out between each other. You know, I, who knows? I think the empire is real, and it's going to happen, mm. and it's going to be Disney. Because they they've got 20th Century Fox, that means they've got all that material and Simpsons, and I think Disney's going to buy up every movie studio, and we're going to live in this weird 1984 dystopian society, and it's going to be owned by Disney. We will be ruled by Disney, and they'll be the empire, <laughs> for real. Yeah, <laughs> that's the bleak future I see. I'm sorry, I love Mickey, I love Disneyland, but I think Walt Disney may have actually been Emperor Palpatine, and it's all going to shit. I, I foresee that future. I said it right here. Watch out. Disney is the empire. We're all going to be enslaved somehow. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. worried. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll all be like an um, Clockwork Orange when he's been um, brainwashed. Yeah. yeah. With those eyes open and just being fed the drips and being shown all the horrible stuff. Yeah. We'll yeah. just be that. We'll just be with like a, you know, Goofy and, and the Duffy Duck cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Followed by Jar Jar. Misa Jar Jar. Jar, Jar. Welcome to Assimilation. You's gonna be with all of us now. This is your job. <laughs> this is your barcode. Put your barcode on your arm. You work now for Disney. Yep. That sounds terrible, but it's coming. Anyway, that's. I think that's a fun note. We'll leave it on that. But Dark Fate, right. Dark Fate, you said it. I think it it actually fits in with T1 and T2. And you know what? One day I think I'll own it. I'm not saying I'm liking it as much as the others, but I'd, I'd put it third for me. And that's amazing considering, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's not perfect, but damn it, they both came back and they're worth, they're, it was worth it. So I'm sad. I'm sad that's not doing well, but um, who knows? Yeah. We'll see so whoever's goes. listening out there, go out there, yeah. see it, support yeah. it, make, you know, go and tell your friends, Go and um, you know make a big effort to go and, and see because it's definitely worth Absolutely. going out and, and watching. All right, and I think next time we'll definitely talk. We're going to talk about Star Wars coming up because I'm still feeling, I'm feeling, I don't know. I've got, I've got either I don't care or I've got knots in my stomach. I'm one or the other. Because yeah. I heard there was a test audience and all of them failed, and apparently Lucas. Really? Called, yeah, they called up Lucas who already has. I mean, he's already sold it. He doesn't care. He's retired. He's out sitting at his house in Marin County somewhere, you know, I don't know, drinking a lemonade, doing doodles of, of banthas and stormtroopers. He doesn't care. But they've called him apparently to say, help help us. Help us, Obi-Wan. You're our only hope. I can't believe that it's that bad. <laughs> that they've had, that's, what that, that's the rumors. They did test screenings and they went for shit and they need help. 
And that's that's not good. Anyway, we'll definitely talk about that next time. Yes, definitely. And, um, yes, that'll be really good. And if I pay for Disney Plus, if I, then I'll watch the mm-hmm. Man- I'll watch the Mandalorian. That's all I really want to see, and then I'll cancel it. I don't know. Who knows? Well, here in Australia, we will be getting that next week. Good. Um. So that'll be really exciting. So. You know, we're all just, I mean, uh, that's the whole reason for me signing up for Disney Plus. I just wanted to watch Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're sort of like, you know, a, a casual perusal through, um, you know, the internet. The second episode is meant to be very, very good. So let's see. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch it. So, and, mm-hmm. and we'll see. You know, if they can actually keep the same sort of essence as like Rogue One, and because I thought Rogue One kind of fitted in quite well with the rest of that. I did. Essence of a Star I did Wars too. film. Yeah, that'll be really good. I can do that on the small screen. But well, much, much like Marvel, they've pinned all their hopes on John Favreau. So now Disney has mm. taken. Isn't that interesting? This is yeah. this is Disney's first real sell. That's what they've been selling. Ooh, the Mandalorian's on, and you got to get Disney Plus. And oh, by the way, John Favreau's backing it. That's he's got to be happy. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, he's done very well. He's very. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's made the mouth very happy and very rich. So <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll definitely have a chat about that next time. And I thanks to you for joining me. And um, yeah, yeah. If anyone likes to keep listening to us, by all means, please uh, keep listening and share with your friends and and uh, follow us on Spotify now. Isn't that exciting? All right. Very cool. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the chat and your time, Adam. And we'll talk again very soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. All right, folks. Thanks for that. And uh, thanks for stopping by. We'll definitely be talking about Mandalorian and or Star Wars next time because I'm just terrified of uh, what's going to happen. So, um, yeah. Talk to you later. See ya. (laughs) 